God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice, and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. I have always, uh, since I was a kid, enjoyed hiking and skiing and, and the great outdoors. And because of that, uh, when I was a young man, I, I became enamored by uh, a company called The North Face. Probably you've heard of it at this point, but when I was a kid, most people had not. It was a very uh, kind of niche business. I think it started in 65, somewhere in there. And the very name, North Face, is a term known to mountaineers. It means nothing else to, to most people. And so finally, when I was a married man for Christmas one year, I got a mountain light parka from the North Face. It was Gore-Tex, um, I forget what it was, some kind of Gore-Tex jacket. It, it, I still have it. It's a great jacket. And uh, I, I love that jacket because I love the style and I love the function. I, I love the fashion of it, but I love the function of it. I, I loved um, taking the mountains that I loved into everyday life wherever I, I might be. Well, I'm all for North Face. They make great products. This is not about how bad they are. But uh, their marketing has changed somewhat. I remember several years later being in New York City and seeing the North Face all over Manhattan. Now, there are no mountains in Manhattan. There's no skiing going on in Manhattan. There's no outdoor activity going on in Manhattan. But there was a lot of the North Face product. Uh, later, I think the same year, I was in a small Walmart in Mississippi. And I saw, you know, like a fourth grader wearing a North Face jacket. And this is pride. I know it. But I thought, you know what? It, it's not the same as it was <laughs> a few years ago. There was a time that if in my hometown I saw someone wearing the North Face, I thought, wow, that, that girl hikes, that guy skis. They're mountain people. Well, that's not necessarily true anymore because there's a fashion and there's a function. The function to, should uh, dictate the way something is made, should dictate the, the fashion. At this point, North Face makes great products, but people wear them not because they're outdoors people or they love the mountains, but because it's fashionable. Now, when you come to the book of Acts, this is exactly what came to my mind this morning. We are oftentimes so enamored of the miracles and the methods, neither of which is unimportant, that we miss the mission, what is pushing this, this narrative forward. When we read Acts, we're often so absorbed by the miracles and methods that we, we miss the ministry mindset, the mission mindset. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, the Bible says, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. One accord, singleness or simplicity of heart. In other words, it was very simple. They were gathered together for one single purpose. The whole mass of believers was gathered together but focused on but one thing. And that is the life and resurrection of Jesus and the hope that he brings and gives. Today, we often live under our own overhead. So, for instance, in Acts 18, the Bible talks about Aquila and Priscilla. And the church met in their house. In fact, there were probably a couple places they lived where this happened. Now, in, at the church in their house, would they have had a janitor? Would there have been a bus captain for a bus route? Would there have been a youth pastor? And the answer is no, no, and no. Now, I think we should have people that, you know, custodians to keep up buildings. That's very important. I think it's great to have a bus outreach if, if you have that. And I, I think you, I love youth pastors. The point is not to say, well, they didn't have youth pastors in the book of Acts. We shouldn't have them. No, no. 
The point is that they were very narrowly focused on a mission. There was, there was no overhead. There was just a mission. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not against overhead. Um, at Bill Rice Ranch, a lot of my day is spent thinking about people and practices and, and finances and things to make this work practically. But it's so easy to get so absorbed into how we're doing things that we forget what we're doing, why we're here in the first place. And when you read Acts, you just are reminded that Jesus' story is our mission. If you belong to Christ, Jesus is our mission. Not, not getting bigger, not having a nicer building, not having a bus ministry, not having a youth, past, youth group. These things are all good. But the mission is Jesus getting his message to people. You know, Peter was like a broken record. Every time he confronted people, it turned to the gospel. So in... in uh, Acts chapter 2, prior to the text we've looked at this morning, in Acts chapter 2, um, in this story, um, Peter had an opportunity to, to give the gospel. And uh, the way it happened was, people heard Peter and others speaking in their, their own native language, and these were a variety of people from a variety of different countries. And they said, what does this mean? And Peter stood up in Acts 2.14 and, and preaches Jesus. People were enamored at the miracle of this language that, that they knew, and Peter turned it to the gospel. Again, in Acts chapter 3, verse 12, uh, the Lord used Peter and John to heal a man that was lame from, from birth, and people rushed in and said, wow, look at these guys, look what they're doing. And, and Peter said, why are you marveling at us? We're nothing. Um, it's not our power, it's the power of the risen Christ. And then he goes on to preach to them Jesus Christ. In other words, they were all focused on the gospel. High in the mountains above Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, there's a trail I've taken many times. And there's an old water flume. It, it's a, there's a water cache. It's like a man-made pond high on the uh, side of, of the mountains of the Nine Mile Range. It's probably at about uh, 10,5, 10,500 feet. And this water cache flowed into a huge pipe, metal pipe. Some of it still exists, you know, 100 plus years later now. And it goes all the way to the bottom of that mountain down to about 9,000 feet. And it is, uh, it, it goes through a, kind of a telescoping series of pipes that get smaller and smaller until the water is forced through this little, little pipe at the very end. And it made a, a, a water cannon. The gravity forced that water into tremendous a current that was used in mining back in the day. All that water is captured, brought together, and then narrowed to a very specific purpose. And that's what we should be doing. Whatever your job today, don't lose sight of the specific purpose. Don't be so caught up in fashion that you forget our mission. You know, sometimes we talk about the old-fashioned church. And look, there's nothing new. God, but, but we don't need to give people the impression that God is old. He's not old. He's timeless. And if it was true then, it's true now. Um, it may seem old-fashioned, but the, the point is that it's not fashionable at all because we didn't fashion God. God fashioned us. We can't make God who we wish Him to be. He is God. He is the Creator. I am the creation. Sometimes we get all enamored about newfangled. Now, I'm all for new. But the point is not old-fashioned or newfangled. The point is Jesus' story. That's our mission. So many mainline denominations today have totally lost their reason for even existing. 
I, I think about my home here in Nashville. Uh, the Ryman Auditorium, the original Grand Ole Opry, is a beautiful old building. It's called the Mother Church of, of Country Music, and it's called that because it was constructed for a revival crusade. A Methodist evangelist named Sam Jones came in the 1880s, I believe, to Nashville and held a revival meeting. In fact, he preached at Vanderbilt University, which was established as a Methodist university. And whatever you may think about the denomination, in those days, Methodists, their methods were all about the mission of getting out Jesus Christ. Now, is that what's being done in the Ryman now? Is that what is being propagated by Vanderbilt University now? You know, if I were to start naming all the denominations, many of them nearly dead. Not all of them, perhaps, but mostly dead. They, they no longer have an animating purpose, except the latest flavor of social uh, change. They, they don't have some person who can animate the change that's needed by the power of God Almighty, God the Holy Spirit. And so uh, if I were to say, do they still have organization? Yes. Do they still have money? Yes. Do they still have a presiding hierarchy, you know, a bishop or a, a pastor maybe in some cases, or, you know, someone that oversees things? The answer is yes, and, and so they should. If I were to say, do they use evangelists anymore? I don't know that the Methodists do. I don't know that um, th there may be some, but what I'm saying is that is a tell. That is an indication. We have organization, but we're not getting out the gospel. There, there's a reason for that. And so today, whatever your methods and whatever miracles you read of in the book of Acts, don't miss, do not miss the mission the narrowed mission, the simple mission, the mission these people had of Jesus' story to people who need him and for whom he died.